which has been surprising because that has built slowly versus me out of the gate being like, oh, this is all perfect. And then discovering things that I right. don't like and tearing it down over time. It's actually been the opposite where at first I was like, okay, I like this, but a lot of this is dumb. And then over time, I've the Stockholm like- syndrome takes hold. Yeah. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to pick up your sticks where we talk about why gaming matters with your host, Walker near and Brett Lindley. I'm Walker. And this is our 2021 year in review episode. We wanted to take a moment to reflect on our own experiences, episodes and games that made an impact on us over the last year. If you'd like to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can always buy us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi slash pod. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Brett Lindley. Brett, how you doing, man? Ah, uh, esteemed. I am doing esteemed. I'm doing great. Thank you. Yeah? Yeah. Well, it's been awesome. a, a, a year. It's been a year. <laughs> it has. It feels weird. I think it feels like 2020 and 2021 are one long year. Yeah, I uh, would take it. It feels like <laughs> one year. I would give it. It doesn't really even feel that long. But it's like, it's like, man, it's crazy that it's been a year already. And I've enjoyed like five days of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely been a year in a lot of ways, obviously, in the world and on the show. I mean, we. Um, we did our very first interview at the very end of last year. I think our very first interview was Shane. I guess the, maybe the very first one ever was your pops. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think yeah. that was at the end of 2019 that we did that one. Right. Um, but I, I didn't participate in that one. So, right. We, yeah, we, (laughs) which to be just, just to be completely transparent, I insisted on not participating in the one with your dad. So that's (laughs) not a shot. Um, but anyway, and, and then, yeah, that just kind of springboarded into, we did a truckload of interviews throughout this year. Now that kind of, we kind of slowed that down towards the fall of this year, but, um, when we started, we didn't anticipate we were going to do really any interviews and certainly not that volume of interviews, which was awesome to be clear. I I don't mean that as a complaint. Mm -hmm. Like it was a great experience, but totally unexpected, totally unexpected. Yeah. I mean, we had like there, I don't want to like name all of them. Please go check out our entire, our entire backlog for this year um, for any of the content that we talk about. But like we had, vibe nina creighton olsen mango mischief knucklecracker artosis like huge amazing guests that were on and so many others that's not to discredit any like you know jim rising or anybody else that that was on like every single one of them was amazing but like i that was a huge shocker to me like yeah no absolutely um and yeah i was i was trying to think you know today i was kind of collecting my thoughts for in, ahead of this episode and i was like okay well, what would i say my favorite interview was and it's it's really like i really can't pick and it's not just because i don't want to hurt someone's feelings like i legit enjoyed all of the interviews and like artosis is probably the closest thing to a celebrity that i've ever <laughs> interacted with right so that's probably the most exciting one just you know his stature and what he means to the starcraft 2 and really esports you know at large scene um and then knucklecracker man like he he is a unique individual with a very unique 
perspective on game development. Right. Like I remember asking him, how did you come up with the idea for this game? And he was like, I like to look at patterns that algorithms generate. And then when mm-hmm. I find something appeasing, then I try and, and you know, that. thermodynamics like, was kind of cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> Why are you so much smarter than I am, Knucklecracker? And then that's reflected in his game, which is one of the most unique yet smart, well-designed and really innovative in the RTS space, certainly mm-hmm. uh, games in a long time in Creeper World and Creeper World 4 being the most recent. But yeah, I don't know. And that yeah, was I mean, you knew about him. I didn't even know about right, him. Right. Right. <laughs> well, and that was that was such a long shot, too, because it was just like, right. I don't know. You want to be on the show? You, you seem kind of <laughs> cool. I would love to know about your game. Like, <laughs> Right. And like, I, I think every guest brought something surprising, whether it be, you know, something from a personal life, a hobby, a story from high school or how they got into gaming to begin with. Everybody's story was different and unique. And every single one of them, like I can kind of flip back through my mind and see bits and pieces of the, the interviews that stand out. And every single one of them has something that I cherish from them. And I think that that's. Yeah, I, I, I Yeah, I mean, it's not to placate to not pick a favorite. I legit don't. I No, it's like I honestly yeah. now I'm like continuing to be. It's like Nathanius probably like he was so much more relatable and not that I thought he had really any idea who he was going to be. But like I, I don't have the same life story that he does at all. Um, but I don't know. There was a relatability to talking to him that I just didn't expect. And I, I feel like, and now I'm kind of putting words in your own <laughs> mouth, which is crazy because you're on the show, but I feel like you kind of had that experience almost with Creighton Olson a little bit where there was just mm-hmm. this connection that was just like, huh, I, I didn't expect that. And not yeah. that I thought they were going to be a monster, but just, well, yeah, no, no but like, uh, yeah, I don't think I did expect to relate as much. Right. Like I thought there would be more division between who I am as a person and who they are as a person mm-hmm. because of the the bias of them being, you know, something else to the gaming community, you know. But but yeah, just relating to them on a personal personal like talking nightlife and and music with Nina was super cool. Like right. and, and it just everybody, yeah, like everybody connected in some kind of like some kind of way. And I don't know if that's on us as interviewers or on them as just, you know, unique individuals or some blend of the two. But yeah, every single interview was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I definitely don't mean to self-analyze our own, you know, our own offering to the the, the show or whatever uh, as the host. But I think that, you know, obviously you and I have been friends for a very long time. And that's a big reason why we started the podcast together. And so you and I have a comfort level that's that's very obvious, I think. And I think we both bring that to the interviews as well. So it, it's not that we're like these masterful, amazing interviewers necessarily. I think that we just make it comfortable. And then, yeah, yeah those guests are great. Like, they're, they're all great. You know, you mentioned Mingo Mischief. Like, yeah, I, he probably doesn't listen to the show regularly, but so whatever. <laughs> he might never know. He may. <laughs> Maybe more regularly than Vibe. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we Who know knows? you don't like his Maybe. vibe. Yeah, we know. No, I'm kidding. He was, so nice. he, he was so nice. Everyone awesome. was so Everybody nice. Everybody was awesome. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. Anything I say negative is 100% a joke. Um, yeah, I don't know. Mango Mischief, though, like whenever I just found him in some Facebook group, for JRPG gamers, which is weird because I'm not really a JRPG player, <laughs> but I find the group interesting. So I'm in it and he just posted in it. And 
I shared it with you that I'd invited him and uh, and we were both kind of like, this is either going to go really well or this is going to be really awkward because it, it we don't know him at all. And it's like maybe he's just a guy who has an idea for a game and less an actual plan. And that wasn't I mean, to be fair. We said that about every interview, though, like our trepidation <laughs> of like, well, this could be terrible. So <laughs> it's we're probably going to flop like every single other. We had a reason for all of them. But. It's fair. But with with a lot of them, it's like, well, they're an esports personality or they're like they're this established character that the audience might already know. And with Mango Mischief, he's a more unknown quantity. And he was awesome. Like yeah. he was so interesting in the in his ideas about game design and the way he was approaching that. And it was a concrete thing. It's not like I would be shocked if it doesn't release. Right. right? Um, but yeah, super, super cool. Um, and again, we can we could just do two hours on the interviews, on how awesome probably. The interviews yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I wanna I, I don't know. I'm probably just going to lead with what my thought is and see yeah. if yours matches. I don't want to lead the question, but I also, you know, I already have my own answer. So one of the first episodes we did of the year uh, and it remains consistent to, to this day is, oh, my God, Rocket League. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's still so, so good. <laughs> so I what I did to make notes is I made a table. And one table is games I wanted to talk about, or one side of the table is games I want to talk about. And then the other side is like episodes and just stuff about the podcast. Right. Um, and yeah, one bullet point is just Rocket League. So uh, yeah, <laughs> Rocket, both League, of those. Rocket League continues to, uh, to, to be something that I play really regularly. It's funny because you wouldn't play it forever. Mm -hmm. And then you did. And then we started playing it all the time. And honestly, since you started playing, like I thought whenever I, you got it, got into it that like we would play for however long you were interested and then I would probably phase back out and not like right. forever, but just it's not been I've played Rocket League since 2015, but very much off and on. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. six, eight month gaps in between. I don't know that I've gone a full month without playing Rocket League since yeah. we started. Same. And, and I have I mean, I have day long sessions on it we i mean mm -hmm. you and i both like it's it it's remarkable <laughs> well and how it really excellent was, it is <laughs> it really was something that like i think it probably helped the most for well uh, one of two the other one we'll get into i'm sure as well it, it was one of the ones that helped the most as far as like dealing with some of the solitude of like the the world we live in and, mm. and things that have been weird like especially early in the year was very much so a way for me to hang out with friends, have a couple drinks, stay up ridiculously late and, and the, the, with no stress and, but still being intense and emotional and, and fast paced and things going on and, and very active. And I, I don't understand myself how I'm not tired of that game. Like, because I do get tired of like, especially like, like a, like a League of Legends or something like there's just one map like I'm so sick of it you know like all of the maps of Rocket League are all the same map <laughs> there's yeah. different colors right but they're and they're actually different enough that they do feel like a different map without being different at all like yeah I mean I think I don't know I I, 
like for me, especially I think growing up playing sports so much, like a basketball court is a basketball court. Right. Right. So I don't know. I, I think I look at it that way. I don't know. Rocket League is just so here's the thing though. I don't play Rocket League for eight hours a day by myself. Right. Same. Right. So it is what it is to me is it's the perfect social game because yep. You don't have to know a meta. You don't have to know gear. You don't have to understand any patch notes. It hasn't <laughs> changed since you last played. Like, you right. don't have to relearn. Okay, who's the new hero and why is he kill me instantly? Like, right, right. Um, you don't have to know a bunch of weird jargon like AD carry and all right. of this stuff. Like, none of that is in there. And yeah, and the matches are five minutes. I mean, you can, you can say, hey, do you want to play Rocket League? And within... Within five minutes, everyone's logged in, in a match, and in another five minutes, you're on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's like in a game like League, and I don't even mean to pick on League; it could be any MOBA, really. Right. Um, it, it's or, or even something like like a Counter Strike, that's not a MOBA even, but just something that's a longer game. Mm -hmm. I think that it can make mistakes feel a lot more weighty because yeah. it's like oh in league like you die you fed five times in a row at the beginning and then maybe you stopped but they had an advantage from that that we couldn't come back from but right. we still had to play for an hour to know that for sure yeah and in rocket league it's like you might i don't mean you personally but a player might whiff the ball 50 times in a row and guess what like you're in the next match and if you play for several hours there's so many matches you can't remember all yeah, of them. Yeah, you don't remember all of your mistakes. Jumble. You don't remember all of your amazing moments either. No and, no. and so many of them happen in every match. Like there's epic moments that happen in Counter-Strike or League of Legends or whatever. Right. But there's also just kind of humdrummy games. And I don't mm -hmm. think that I could really call any game humdrummy in right. Rocket League. Like it's it, there's some bad games. There's some travesties. Yeah. But it's still not a humdrum. And it's it becomes it's either so great and amazing or so nail bitingly on the edge, like eight minute <laughs> overtimes or when it is bad, it's so bad that I can't help but laugh at it. I'm never toxic to myself. Right. Like, like much less anybody else. Right. But like I'm never legitimately toxic to myself, which is kind of rare for me in, in a competitive game. Cause I oftentimes I'm like, Oh, I'm definitely the bad person, you know? Right. But yeah, no, I, I would say Rocket League is the most consistent game for the entirety of 2021 20, mm -hmm. for me. Um, and yeah, I'm super glad that I was, I'm super glad that you tried it and that you did actually like it. Um, and that we've been able to play it so much because you're right, it's been a super fun thing to do. And it's like, like we both really liked Lethal League Blaze, right? Yeah. But it's only one-on-one. -on -one. So <laughs> it's... I don't know. It's not quite this like it, it's I think the other thing about Rocket League is that it's co-op PVP. Right? right, right. But not it's not too big that it's impossible to find a third because like even right. if even if Lethal League Blaze was three player for some reason, like finding a third for that could be really hard to do. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, we all may play for a day and then we're done. Right. But like, well, in Rocket finding... League, we play twos. You, yeah, you know. exactly. We can even one on one just for a while. Like, right. we're like, yeah, you're better than me, but in different enough ways that it's we can still make some stuff happen. You know? Right. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a it's a it's an incredible game. So it's funny that you so you brought up Rocket League. And um, one of the other bullets I have written down is 
remember dawn of man <laughs> oh wow yeah actually i don't know why i didn't have that i have quite a few things written down that i want to talk about that was really good it was it and was. we both did we both played that game like the exact same style right. like we both got super stupidly sucked in yep beat it all the way to the end yep started to like a new game plus and then immediately dipped <laughs> yeah just like nah it's just too i think honestly i could go back to it now and probably right. be into it again it was just too quick of a re repeat and it felt too samey yeah and there's not a lot of like there's nothing mechanical to yeah to, it doesn't change do. yeah, yeah like you're not well and you it's not like like in rocket league we're just talking about or league of legends or whatever i'm not objectively better at something now yeah i haven't improved at the game that much my right. understanding of a few minor aspects that don't change a lot may have but outside of that it's yeah. more like I can be more efficient with my town right. now, but I already beat it with the inefficient town, so I don't yeah. really care. <laughs> I don't have to restart. I didn't restart 50 times to get past the first winter or something. But yeah, I legit hadn't thought about that game in forever when I was looking through our episodes, because that's the other thing that I realized that's different about this year for us than last year is because we did so many inter interviews. Like last year when we did year in review, I could just go look at our episode history and see what we played because we recorded an episode about everything. And this year... We still had some of those episodes mixed in, but we had a ton of interviews, so we didn't talk about what we were playing nearly as much. As... A lot of that was us playing Rocket League, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's oh true, God, if we didn't have interviews, we would have become a Rocket League podcast. I mean, dude, there's games that I've played for 10 hours, like not even just my 10 minutes and I shut it back off and never went back, like a legit 10 hours and... I didn't, it's not, there's no recording of it. So yep. we we still have yet to talk about Okami. <laughs> That's on the list. That's on the list. Don't you jump ahead. Um, no, I'm kidding. But um, anyway, yeah. So I was, yeah, I wanted to bring up Remember Dawn of Man. Uh, it's still totally worth it. If you like city yeah, builder it's things, it's game. a really interesting game. Yeah, mm -hmm. It's a very good city builder. That's fair. It's not super punishing, but it's also mm -hmm. not so easy that like you just blaze through it. Like. Right, it doesn't it turn offers into a enough clicker challenge. game. Right. Yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, I'm, did you have another one? You yeah. So you you brought up uh, Lethal League Blaze, but I was going to expand that a little yeah. bit to fighting games. Right. That's we did fair. a few. Yeah. Like we did Justice League. Yep. Um We did. Um, well, it was mostly Justice League and Lethal League. Um, but yeah, I feel I like playing, there was something else that we played. I feel though. like there was too. But I think it was super brief. Yeah. But either way, yes. Yeah, we played some competitive never fighting, played fighting No, no. <laughs> Lethal League is still really cool. I honestly feel a little guilty about our episode. Not so much that I would take it down. Um, but we are such noobs that I think that we undersold some of the complexity the game offers because we fair. just didn't understand yeah. so we're like no it's really easy it's great like, <laughs> you guys just suck super bad like that is fair that is fair <laughs> which i learned by playing against people on the internet right um, yeah who They're just getting bopped <laughs> yeah not even like no i was contest. even just i wanted to unlock characters and the ai was starting to work. <laughs> like i'm like i really want the giant boombox guy Right. I want the boombox robot. And yeah, I could not make it there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, fighting games was was good. And and I I mean, you know, I was just saying how I like um the cooperative element of, of something like Rocket League. But there is something to be said for uh, for a good fighting game. I so later in the year I actually finally played some Smash because I have a Switch now. Oh so yeah, yeah. 
I've played Smash. Now, I've only played it locally for the most part with some other people that I know that play, and they're all way better than me. <laughs> and I still jump off the map unnecessarily a lot because I'm yeah. not good. Um, but yeah, it, but now Smash is not necessarily just one-on-one -on -one either, I guess. It kind of right, solves that right. problem in fighting games in a unique way. I think it's actually kind of interesting. We're starting to finally see a successful somewhat rise of Smash clones. Mm. So not only is there like, um, I, I don't even know the names of them. I saw on Thanksgiving, uh, one of the nephews has had one on an Xbox that had a crazy huge cast of characters from like Cartoon Network. Hmm. Uh, street. I think it's a Street Fighter game. It's oh, under the okay. name of Street Fighter, but it has like Street Fighter characters, Ninja Turtles, Cartoon Network, like WWE wrestlers, huh. and like it's not exactly a clone. Like it, it treats some things differently, but it was enough of a clone that yeah. you know you could tell it was definitely. And then there's another. There's a couple of new ones. I think there is a more Cartoon Network dedicated one. Um, I've seen a few ads and things floating around about other smash style games and it's like that's interesting that that's now becoming a genre right yeah i think so i think for me when it comes to fighting games and this is probably i don't know i don't know smash is supposedly one of the most competitive games there is i feel like the more characters there are the the higher likelihood there is for an imbalance right because it's just so hard to account for everything so maybe a more competitive fighter is like more pared down in roster size so that it's all more fair. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, the counter to that, though, is like League of Legends and Mortal Kombat. Like both of them have like 100 plus character rosters. Well, I mean, Smash. has. Yeah, and Smash now, I guess current Smash, yeah, is up in there right. as well. So and that's what I was going to say is like, I, I, so for me, though, I love giant cast of characters mm -hmm. like i love the smash roster i'm actually not familiar with each and every character because i've never right. played like a kingdom hearts game so i don't know who that is um but yeah like I, I love the giant cast and i love that they're not all just from nintendo ip like i love mm -hmm. the Mega Man's in there and i think maybe one of the street fighter characters i don't know there's some capcom love in there and right um yeah i don't know i i love the huge... solid like yes like... yes but that huge roster, like I, I, oh, I know what it was. We didn't like it very well, but it was Marvel versus Capcom three. I that's think. right. That's right. Yeah. Which I, where, where I didn't beat the story. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's, it's the same thing where it's like, yeah, I, I'm not super in love with the game and I don't think it's poorly made or something. I think it's no. just not, not, not my thing. Yeah. But I love the roster. Like mm -hmm. it's super cool. You know what I mean? And I think it just goes back to that very old school childhood thing where it's like who would win and fight you know the the classic comic book yep. trope of which hero beats which hero you know it's that thing no i think that that's a i think that's a really good way the really succinct way of putting it i think it does fulfill that fantasy in a great way and mm -hmm. and in in a way that like both people are right because both people are always right because they're comic book characters like right <laughs> there's, there's a comic book where everybody wins versus everybody else like. <laughs> precisely um so yeah, so uh, so this is even this is even actually I think maybe it's one of our earlier episodes. I don't know exactly when it happened. I think it happened at the end of the year, technically in 2020, but whatever. Um, and it kind of ties to the Rocket League, so I'm out of order in bringing it up. But that's that I finally played Gone Home. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> we got to do an episode about it. Yep, like... <laughs> we did. We did that trade. 
<laughs> and even though it didn't resonate with me, it's not fair to compare it to Rocket League. They're very different. Well, games. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even though it didn't resonate with me like it did you, A, it did you seven years ago and right. or eight years ago or whatever it was. And then the world of gaming was very different in the landscape of what and just the societal topics and things yeah yeah um so i don't know even though it did it wasn't like wow that was one of the most amazing things i've ever experienced it also wasn't like it was 10 hours it was i think i'd got through it in about an hour yeah an hour or two um and yeah it was it was it was cool to see and it was cool to (laughs) cool to fulfill my end of the bargain (laughs) um i appreciated that yeah i was like i was like i don't care if you hate it (laughs) <laughs> just what? because i liked rocket league doesn't mean <laughs> no <laughs> you're the friend that's like oh this is terrible here try some like right no, yes. you just said <laughs> no 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 <laughs> if i experienced it you have to i'm definitely that person i do not live that way at all um <laughs> uh so yeah so i okay another one i'll go to real quick is um that you mentioned already is okami and it is super disappointing what happened on that one because i actually spent close to 30 hours like i'm very close to the end like it's it's not something i picked up and tried and then went away from like right i played it a ton um i i'm at this point gonna just play through it again from the start because i whatever um well and i tried to play it it i'm telling you it is and I didn't, I didn't finish it, so I don't know the exact ending. Right. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It is one of the most... Um, I don't really even know what word to use. Because beautiful is a word, but that's kind of too ambiguous. Um, I mean, it's innovative, but especially for when it came out. But really what it is, is it plays like a classic Zelda title. Uh, like a Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask, like in that era. And it's just so um, magical. Like, I don't know what other word to use. Like, it's so, it's just so cool. And there's nothing, like, you play as a dog. What other game do you play as a dog? And and you can run around and bark at stuff. And like, I don't know. <laughs> and then there's these, but there's all these little touches to it where like, you can buy food, you can buy animal food. Like you can buy like, um, I don't, I don't remember what the categories are now. I think it's like large, medium, small or something. You'll have to go replay it again to, I will, (laughs) but it's like, you can buy these different feed sacks from the vendor. And it's like, well, what's that for? I bought some cause we'll see what it's for, I guess. And yeah, you encounter critters in the world. And if you have the right food, you can feed them. And it goes to this scene where it like, the food is set out in the middle of this meadow surrounded by a a forest and your character sits and watches while the little critter eats their food. It might be a cow even, it might not be little, but while the the creature eats and it just like slowly pans the camera and plays this, this really relaxing music, just one full camera rotation around. And then that's the end of the scene. So it's not like a, you know, 10 minute thing or something each time. Right. But every single time I did one of those, I would set the controller down and just watch it. Because there's just something, and there's no words, there's no dialogue, not in the whole game, but in that. Yeah, no, I couldn't scene. get through the dialogue in the intro was the problem. <laughs> yes. The, in, the the first like hour or two of it is a lot of narrative and very mm-hmm. little actual gameplay. Um, 
So that is a, a fair. But I mean, like you said, though, it really is kind of a, a Zelda of that era style game. Yes. And I uh, couldn't take those either. Oh, I've never, okay. I've never beaten anything past six. Like I've SNES Zelda is where I stopped. I got like, you. <laughs> it's um, like when I'm watching when I watch those scenes where where you're feeding the, the wildlife or whatever and this sound i feel like this sounds so ridiculous but it's like it 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 was like it was like a representation of love and it showed it it identified to me how much feeding someone or something is an expression of love because it's literally right. how they survive like it's their sustenance to, they right. they don't exist anymore without it you know and so I don't know, like, again, I, I feel like I don't have a great way to explain this in a succinct way. Well, but... I think that'll be, I think more of that will come when we hopefully eventually do the do a real episode, episode on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but man, one last thing I'll say about it in the fight scenes, you, you, whenever you fight, you use like a paintbrush thing and you can run around and just like jump and attack stuff with the dog, but you can also use your paintbrush, which is a primary mechanic of the whole game. And you can literally just draw trees, which is you just draw a dot and a tree sprouts out of the ground where you drew the dot. And you can fight the enemies by sprouting trees out of the ground to hit them as they emerge up. Like, what? That's insane. Like, no game has that. <laughs> no game has that. Yeah. It's, anyway. uh, you don't have that in, in Skyrim where you just <laughs> no. summon trees under things. <laughs> no, no. And so simply, right? Like, just by drawing the little dot and then there it is. And you can do dozens of trees like i don't know it's right it's a really cool game and yeah i'm actually excited to go back to it and excited to, to do an episode on it because it's great so maybe you know i'm jumping around time a lot yeah. as i am want to do but one of the things that kind of we kind of talk about without really mentioning though is that this is the year i think more than a lot of others that i think we traded more games that both of us actually played and enjoyed Mm. Like there's been a lot of times where like, oh, you got to play this. You got to play this. like I still never played X morph like, right. you know, and it's like, oh, I think you'd really like this. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But I think this year there was a lot more on both sides. Like you really enjoyed hex cells. Yeah. Like and, and that was a, kind of a surprise that I was like, oh, I just thought that was something that I would geek out on. And right. And yeah. And some of that, honestly, because of the podcast, because like we talked to Kami a lot on the phone and I and I you know, went and tried to play as well. And we discussed some of that talking about when we were going to do the episode. And, but because of the podcast interview or not the interviews, but just our exchanges ended up causing us to go. Like I played Dawn of Man, not after our conversations outside of the podcast, but after you, you know, I interviewed you on it. And then I went and picked it up because I was like, wow, that actually sold me on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, same thing. Yeah. Same thing with hex cells. Same thing with potion craft. Mm -hmm. Like I saw potion craft and told you about it, but it was only after hearing you actually talk about it after having played it that I was like, oh, OK, yeah, I would like to try that. Um, Loop hero. I think that was one that yep. we traded. Uh, yeah, I think we both kind of I think you may have you picked it up first and I was yeah. a little on edge about it for like not long though and that was prior to us doing an episode because i think i had played it by then by the time oh yeah 100 percent. Yeah. yeah when we did the episode i think you had actually gotten farther in it than i had right um but yeah like that was a really interesting weird yeah i actually game. have <laughs> a, a note on that one not that i want to go super far on it but i'm sure. interested to see because it takes a few years game development is not fast for anybody that thinks it is it's not um i'm interested to see in another year or two 
if loop hero inspires more ideas in the future in in a similar vein of some mm-hmm. way that like breaks away from the clicker genre while still b- taking like a non-idle idle game well i mean to me i think it's kind of um it, it's kind of like a weird take on a card battler kind of thing. yeah and almost. that too because like forager was a peak at a non-idle idle game but it's still very much an idle game after a certain point yes but I'm interested to see, like, Loop Hero seems to be the evolution of that in a more active direction and to see if something happens from there, like if it inspires some new thing. Yeah, no, I would agree. I would yeah, agree. Yeah, that's my Loop Hero note. It's a great game. It's a yeah. great game. I actually thought about playing it the other day. So, <laughs> But then I was like, no, I I beat it so many times and I would have to relearn <laughs> stuff. I would have to remember right. not a lot, but enough. <laughs> right. Um. So, yeah, so I, I didn't actually talk about this game on the pod i don't think i think i talked to you about it a little bit offline maybe um and i didn't spend a, an enormous amount of time i know shocker with it <laughs> but last year was when i discovered that i did like a lot um roguelike card battler games mm-hmm. such as slay the spire uh there's another one called monster train Yeah, we did monster train yeah um and i had never been a had an appeal to those games really before and and don't really have a big you know i played hearthstone but that's about it and even that i played it for a few months when it came out and then walked away and so i I don't have this like really deep history with card games at all and certainly not single player ones but i think that the roguelike single player ones are actually the version of that that i like the best because it's not about having the collection right it's about like playing what you draw through the run kind of thing um and so one that i picked up it was it was towards the end of its early access and it's now full release but it's it's a game called griftlands and it's actually clay it's their card oh wow oh yeah yeah, yeah. i think we did briefly mention that but i don't think we went deep on it but it's got like a whole it's like an almost like an rpg where it's got like a whole narrative storyline that you're playing through and it is still in many ways, the actual, I don't know if you want to call it com, you know, gameplay, combat gameplay, whatever, like the card battler part feels like a slave aspire or a monster train would. Um, but yeah, where those games are very much very light on narrative and very much just like, you know, here's the next fight. Here's the next fight in Grifflands. There's a lot of dialogue and you're making decisions and building relationships with different characters in the world. And that affects, the cards that you have access to and all that sort of stuff. Um, and it's clay. So it, I mean, the stamp of quality, I think is immediately there and it is, it's very well done. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to go back to that more too. Yeah. I, I, I should take a look at that one because it, there hasn't really been a clay game that I haven't at least enjoyed. Like, and by enjoyed, I mean, dumped at least a hundred hours into. So, (laughs) I mean, honestly, the one I've played the, the least is oxygen, not included. But that's just because it's so hard. It's not because it's bad. Right. Grifflands did not seem as brutal <laughs> as Don't Starve and, <laughs> and, and the other. But well, and then they also what's their ninja game that they have? Oh, that's right. Mark of the Ninja. Yeah. And that's an older one. Yeah, it's I excellent, didn't never though. do that one. It's yeah. it's really, really good. It's like a stealth game slash 2D platformer. It's awesome. It's super fun. I actually, it's, it's one of the few games I've actually beaten. <laughs> oh, fair, fair. 
I uh, while we're on the topic of roguelikes, there's two more in there for you specifically. One I did a little bit of. Did did we ever do the Dead Cells episode? I don't think so. <laughs> that because was I think I think we were going to, but every time we were going to, we just kept having interviews mm-hmm. show up. Yep. The same with Okami. I'm I'm just gonna actually just complete segue. I actually meant to do this at the five minute mark. I had this thought and then forgot again. <laughs> I hope if he's listening that he still hasn't tuned out of the episode, but I just have to give a shout out to we say Dricket. Apparently he prefers Drake. Drickette. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> uh it's a it's an internet name, so I don't know. That dude, anyone in the StarCraft esports scene um knows him and he is who we connected with he's like this behind the scenes guy in the starcraft esports scene who is literally responsible for connecting us with almost all of the starcraft interviews that we had this year if not literally all of them um such a generous dude such a nice guy um you know we started sponsoring a tournament that's with the team team exxon that he was affiliated with and that's how we met him but it, it blossomed into this thing where like I mean, he's he's almost like the third member of Pick Up Your Sticks. I mean, yeah. he's never been on the show or anything, not because we haven't asked him to be. Um, <laughs> and we hope to get him on still. But I just want to real quick give a shout out to Drickit. Yeah, um, yeah, for, for being sure. so awesome. Like, and and off the show, like like we've had oh, so yeah, many chats. True. Yeah, so many chats with him in yeah. Discord and on the phone, like yep. I, like personal phone calls, peer to peer stuff. Like super cool, super yep. cool guy. Yeah, uh, so appreciative of the the help that that he gave us and that we were able to give him like the, the relationship was just really a positive one all the way around. So, yeah, which so that sounds like a super weird segue, but the reason that it popped in my mind was because Drickett just kept getting us interviews. And so we just kept postponing. <laughs> right. And then it got to a point where it had been like a few months since either of us had really spent a lot of time with dead cells and we're not right. responsible people. So we don't have notes. So it's like, well, now I feel like I can't really talk about it as well. Um, But yeah, Dead Cells is is excellent. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It didn't it didn't hold me in the way that Hades did, which is like. Yeah, but very few games like, wow. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Hey, I get it. I get it. I get the ding, ding, ding. (laughs) How did we get through an episode, a year in review episode? We were getting crow falls on the crow falls okay, of bullet. I mean, point. I figured and wow, TBC. Yeah. So yeah, we have bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think few games hold you. Like Hades was like because Dead Cells didn't. It wasn't like you just put a couple hours in and ditch. Like you got pretty far in that game. Yeah, I think I put um, like a solid 15, 20 hours into Dead Cells. Yeah. And and but Hades you ran with like Hades you kept going back to over a hundred hours in Hades. Wow. Yeah, which for me is a lot. Yeah, that's unparalleled. Your hundred is like my thousand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hundred for me is like, yeah, I actually enjoyed that. And I'm starting to get comfortable with the game. Hades is one of the few times where after a hundred hours, like I've I did try and go back maybe a month or two ago and I it was like, okay, now this feels like most games do to me where it's like, okay, I get it already and I don't I'm not super drawn back in now, i don't know that that's will be true forever um but i wasn't compelled to play another hundred hours right away 
Hey, Walker, do you know our podcast is almost big enough to start selling ads? Yeah, I had noticed that. So what do you think? Should we go mattress company, VPN, some mobile game? Uh, I was kind of thinking maybe coffee. Yeah, I mean, there's some there's some good free trade local. No, no, no. Like Ko-Fi, like donations. Oh, oh, right. So so we we do ads for Ko-Fi and for coffee. I mean, I guess that could work. But I was thinking that people could support the show with really small donations about the cost of a cup of coffee. And then we could skip talking about mattress companies or mobile games and just keep all of that content out of the show. Uh, they can just head over to our Ko-Fi page over at ko-fi.com slash pod and contribute to us there. Oh, I get it. So you're saying even if our listeners donated a single dollar over at ko-fi.com slash pod, it would go a long way towards funding the podcast. And in the future, we could even offer cool things like merch or rewards and stuff like that. Yeah, no, that's definitely one way that we can pay our bills, keep our mics hot and keep the show going. And if they can't donate, that's okay too. Let's just let him get back to enjoying the show. But that being said, like I was legitimately disappointed when I got to the end of that hundred hours and had beaten the game. There's like, I think two or three achievements that I don't have unlocked. Otherwise I've got all the achievements for it and everything. And it was like, man, I wish there was a Hades two right now. I wish there was an expansion pack, right? Like just make it and I'll buy it. Like I'll be first in line. Like I cannot wait to pay you money (laughs) for this. Um, Cause yeah, Hades is excellent. And actually, did you have another roguelike that you were going to bring up? No, no, those are are the roguelites. I have a transition, but if you've got one, go for it. I (laughs) Well, so there's one other that fits in the category. You didn't actually play it at all. um, I don't think you had watched a lot of it. You said, but that's risk of rain too. Oh yeah. 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 I, continue to play risk of rain too um i haven't played it as much in the last few months but we went through in the spring me and the couple of guys i play it with went through like a i don't know 50 60 hour sprint with it and then went away and then came back in the fall and did the same thing all over again nice um risk of rain to the first one is cool but the second one is bonkers like it is such a good game it might be I don't know. I, I certainly, I, I certainly, I wouldn't make a claim like it's my favorite game of all time. It, it, it's like top five though. Like it is so well done, um, and it's so unfair all the time and so mean. And like you constantly just, whenever you die, it's the most abrupt death always. And it's always <laughs> just like really. I don't know though. It's magical. They they have a, a monthly dev diary they do now because they're coming out with an expansion Ooh. next year. And yeah, I'm first in line. I don't care if it's 40 bucks, which I think is more than the base game. So it won't be that much. I would pay it. I don't care. Like, I love it so much. Risk of Rain 2. Yeah. Hats off. Great game. (laughs) Great game. I mean, yeah, it's it's so weird to hear you. I don't like like that. I don't know that style. That game in particular is not one that I would take you for sinking that kind of time into. Like Mm -hmm. Hades, I can get. I'm like, I think I could see you behind Hades. But like. And it's not that Risk of Rain 2 is bad in any way at all. I just, it's not what I would see you taking as I mean, the top five. I'll be completely honest, to look at Risk of Rain is like, mm, because it's not, like, it's kind of, I, I, I'm, I don't have the language to describe it probably exactly right, but it's like, the graphics have this kind of lo-fi, again, for lack of a better way to say that, right. vibe to them, where... The animations are all well done and there's a ton of enemies on the screen at once at any given time. And there's, a, I mean, so it's not janky in that way at all. It's not janky at all, but it's just that like, 
I don't know. The, like the you art... don't, you wouldn't expect the depth of gameplay and the combinations and the ways that you can tailor your characters by looking at the graphics. No, like, like I think that is like because I didn't either. I was like, eh, I mean, I played the original. This looks okay. It looks like 3D. Like it looks fine. But then seeing people and the builds, they're like, okay, I'm gonna try to get this build. And like, it depends on what the first couple of items are. But depending on the first couple of items are, we're just gonna build from that. And then do these wild, hyper-focused builds on attack speed or leech life or what are these cool combos and special abilities that mirror their characters. And it's like, there's a lot more going on there than it looks like it should be allowed to have. I mean, it got to the point in Risk of Rain where, um, so there's a lot of unlocks and they're kind of, like there's specific challenges that you have to complete in order to unlock a character or in order to unlock alternate weapons for the different characters or whatever. And I wanted them enough that we started, it turns out that there's no restriction on what rules you have to have in the session in order to make the unlocks. Ah. So I started turning the difficulty down and making it so I could pick the items every time ah. they drop just so I could, could be yep, just a God mode right. and get the challenges. Cause I was like, I don't actually care about the like, internet credit of having done it in the legit the way right or way or whatever yeah and right. honestly since they didn't put the restrictions in i don't know that they intended for you to do it yeah no in They're some just arbitrary like, hard they just way. want you to play with some different variations of things right yeah. and maybe you'll pick up something that you liked that you didn't realize i would say that risk of rain though taught me more than any other uh, roguelike uh but i think it set the stage for me with the rest of them where it's like roguelikes get easier the longer you play them because you unlock it generally at least you unlock things over time that make subsequent runs easier yeah like well and Hades. you build familiarity with things that you may not necessarily like right but you may start to like them because now that once you're familiar with it you realize that oh the dagger actually is really powerful you just didn't like it because you got comfortable with a longsword it's so crazy how many items in Risk of Rain we used to be like when it dropped, we would groan. There's like maybe one or two items in the game at this point that we groan at. Everything else, it's like, oh, well, that's useful in this way. Or, oh, well, that, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I can't I can't suggest it enough. It's it's excellent. And you're right. I wouldn't have thought it. Now, I will say similar to Rocket League. I don't play Risk of Rain by myself very right. often, once in a while. But it's just like a single run. Um, and I don't think I would have stuck with it if I didn't have my friends to play. Cause frankly, it's hard. And I was just getting killed all the time when I very first got it. Right. And it wasn't until our buddy Hammaker, um, I watched, we would play together and I would die and he wasn't. And I was like, what is he doing? And he's probably a better shot than I am, but it can't just be that. Right. And yeah, it's not, it's, I watched how he moves and was like, oh, you just literally have to be that disciplined in your movement, which right. is basically strafe jumping constantly whenever it goes crazy. And then just started mimicking the way he plays, though. And then I could survive longer. And now we can do full runs and whatever. Anyway, I don't mean to go for 30 minutes about Rich <laughs> I just I it's just that good. So anyway. No, so I mean, I I had I had one that I got to gush over quite a bit that I actually two games that I got to complete this year that I had wanted to play for like, I don't know, five plus years approximately each. Um, and that's Subnautica Below Zero, 
and Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, both games that one I I wouldn't I after Subnautica's early access wasn't bad, but it burned me out on the game by the time the furl release hit. That I mm-hmm. was like, I want to play the final version. I don't want to play. I don't want any of the early alpha story changes or lack of story or whatever. I don't care what it is that's missing. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be missing. I want to play the full version of this. And so that launched, you know, full release this year. Absolutely incredible, despite the fact that I unintentionally skipped an entire like tier of of building things by just the nature of the way that I ended up playing through the story. I I played some of the story out of order and got stuff the wrong way because I got some brain ideas stuck in my head. Right. This is how you get through this section. (laughs) Right. Um, so I unintentionally brute forced, <laughs> not a huge <laughs> chunk, but a, a sizable portion of that game. <laughs> I definitely was supposed to have the snow Fox and I use the prawn for everything. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like jump way ahead, but I had a similar experience in the first Subnautica on my own playthrough where I actually didn't get the prawn suit for a really long time right and i needed it because you have to use it to get like i think to mine larger mineral nodes like all in the depth like Like, there's a lot of depth stuff that the you just can't get to yeah uh and yeah i i mean i sunk like 20 30 hours and didn't have the bronze suit still and and then when i finally got i was like should have had this a long time ago. <laughs> oh, that makes everything easier. <laughs> right, right. Also, shouldn't have spent uh, a large chunk of that 20 to 30 hours building my base at the starter location. Right, right. Which is something that there. I got to do in Below Zero that was really cool was like, I had a tiny base in my starter location, but literally just like a T block with an inventory spot in it. Uh-huh. And then like wait a little bit and find something a little bit more dangerous and a little bit in the middle quote, mm-hmm. quote unquote. I don't know. I think honestly it was further away from more of the stuff that I needed to be at than not, <laughs> but I was guessing and it, and like, and, but I also built a much cooler base because I can invest all the resources in that and right. had, such a blast below zero was everything that I wanted from a Subnautica sequel and a bit more Yeah, like the way that that game ends. I don't know that the next Subnautica game is going to play anything like the first two Mm. uh, or if they just have to have like this, like how do you keep the storyline, but have a completely different gaming experience? And like, right. do you keep the name? Because it's not; it wouldn't be Subnautica. It, I don't know. I'm not going to spoil it, but I, I think I do in that episode, but I won't in this one. But just the way that game ends, I don't know. You'd have to do some pretty serious things to to make the next one a Subnautica game. But it was still great. It was absolutely wonderful. I loved every bit of it. So, yeah, Subnautica is a super cool uh, entry in the the what looks like survival crafting exploration space, and it is that. But it's so different because there's zero combat. And that's so different from all the others. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it. it I don't. Yeah, it's it's survival crafting without all of the which we I think we talk about pretty much a lot in that episode is just without all of the crap of survival crafting games like it. <laughs> it, it it's, it's there's none of the junk. 
it's it's just good well the truth is, is that in most of those games the combat is actually not that great um right. like in arc arc is awesome in a lot of ways actually fighting the dinosaurs especially with melee weapons is not that that wonderful um and so yeah i appreciated that subnautica just goes away from that entirely and right. doesn't try and, and insist well, on I having think... fighting I think that a, a big part of that too was because uh, in response to like, like school shootings, mm. um, I don't remember the exact story, so I don't want to misquote it, but I did watch a perspective of the original Subnautica and like the devs were like, yeah, we just don't, we want to see what we can do with a nonviolent game, but still like offer the 10, the, this without having to go into like, which not that there's anything wrong with an artistic game. We both love Gree. Uh, and like Okami and whatnot, but like without having to rely on that, can we make a suspenseful horror adventure style game that doesn't rely on combat as the main mechanic of adventure? And I think they did an amazing job at it. Yeah, well, and I mean, obviously, you know, it's one thing to have violence against people and, and whatever. Um, and there are games that go away from that or that at least try and steer you into like only fighting the bad guys. Like, there's the Grand Theft Autos of the world where you can kill anyone and there's no repercussions. But there's a lot of games where it's like, hey, don't do that. Or like in Assassin's right. Creed, if you kill a civilian, it's like you're supposed to protect the people of Egypt. Mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed Origins, that is. Um, but the but but games that have violence against animals is almost all of them. Like, right. You go play a Far Cry or any of those games like you want to have a bigger wallet, like go kill five bears and skin mm -hmm. them and whatever. And I, to be clear, I'm not like a, I do like animals. I, this is not some rant about animal rights. You yeah, are not PETA games. over here. Right. But it is kind of cool also that Subnautica, while you're not fighting people, it also doesn't have you constantly kill every sea creature that you fight, you encounter. You know what I mean? Like some of the smaller ones you capture to eat and get oxygen Yeah, you definitely from. laser the bones out of them. <laughs> the, the smaller ones, but like the larger, more dangerous ones, you just oh, run yeah, you're from. Not, yeah, you might be able to stun them, but that's not really worth it much either. Right. Like you're right. better off using logic to get around scenarios. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. Like while we're talking about killing and skinning yeah. animals to build a bigger quiver of arrows. Like, <laughs> um yeah, that was a wonderful uh, played through it and the expansion came out on PC. I'm excited for the new release. I think it was everything that I wanted that game to be and more. Yeah. Um, so fighting robot dinosaurs, beautiful story, way cooler story than I thought. And I'm so right. glad that I somehow didn't get that spoiled like <laughs> right in five years. Like right. way more intense story than than I thought it was going to be. So yeah, I loved every bit of that. Yeah. You know, I, I was super happy that it uh, delivered like it did because I knew you'd been excited for it for a long time and it was PlayStation for so long. And then when they announced it for PC, I was like, I hope that it the port is good and that it works well and that it's an enjoyable time for you. And yeah, you loved it, which is, is awesome. Yeah, I had, uh, I had a couple of the the pop out issues sort of early on. Actually, I had some graphical quality issues throughout the whole thing. But not enough. Like, the story was so good that I did not care. Like, it right. was frustrating every time there was a dialogue session where their tattoos kept changing between 
640 by 800 and 4k (laughs) (laughs) but but i could deal with that like i i was able to give it its grievances for for the 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 rest of the amazing gameplay that it delivered so right right um so uh, the next game that that it's crazy that we're 55 minutes into a year in review episode and we didn't mention it and that's valheim yeah i actually yeah i had that one too there was that was that was gonna be my transition point of like Mm -hmm. speaking of playing 100 hours with somebody (laughs) in like the course of like a week (laughs) it was it was legitimately i think it was two weeks the first Mm -hmm. week was one like full solid nonstop week. The second week we started to wane a little bit and we were getting close to finishing the available content. Uh, and then kind of just forced the finish of the available content. Cause we were all hitting burnout yeah. <laughs> or at least you and I were in various, in various different ways. Yeah. Right. Um, it was awesome though. It was, it was, and I, I've tried to go back since hearth and home. Same. And I'm like, it's honestly, it's not even that I'm like, oh, I still don't care at all. It's more just like I could get back into this, but I don't think there's enough new here yet mm-hmm. for me to to make it worth it. And I would rather wait until there's I'll probably wait for another maybe one more update, maybe two. I don't know exactly, um, but I want to go back to it when there's more because it was super awesome. Like it's, a, it's yeah. also a game that does a lot of things in a unique way in the RPG survival crafting kind of genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also the, cuts out a bunch of the garbage yeah, and it's different garbage, but right. you know, right. You know, it's super, it's, it's super cool. And, and, but yet again, if it was by myself, I definitely not, certainly not the length of time that we played it. And I don't know that I would have finished it. You know what I mean? Yeah, same, same. Um, it just goes to show like the, you know, it's funny. We asked so many people why gaming matters this year because we did so many interviews mm-hmm. and there's a variety of answers, but far and away, the most common is something centering around a social element, whether it be right. personal friends and family, meeting friends and family around the world, whatever it is, it's it almost always goes back to some social element. And that's, you know, super true for me. Again, Risk of Rain, Rocket League, Valheim, like all of those are really excellent games but for me they were also greatly enhanced by the fact that i could play them with my friends right yeah it's definitely a game that i can't wait to do again but i agree i want two or two or three big content updates or one really big one whatever the case may be Mm -hmm. Uh, hearth and home was largely ironing out of bugs and adjusting some systems that probably should have been that way in the first place and then now it did add a ton of it it did add quite a bit stuff right but not enough in the way of like finish out the by the mysterious spider biome that I don't want to see. <laughs> Go ahead and finish that out. Give right. us another boss and, you know, do something with that and, or, or another you know, one or two biomes or something. And mm-hmm. so, but yeah, yep. no, I'm, I'm very excited to, to go back in and, and dump another how hundred hours into that too. So, right. Um, so I'll do this first, actually, this isn't a game this is one of our most recent episodes too. Um, but I was sad to see, um, to see blizzard fall out of, out of grace as we put it in our episode. Um, and again, as, as we highlighted in the episode this year was, you know, certainly the, the, the flashpoint, if you will, with all of the, or the culmination, I guess you could say of their culture, just completely deteriorating with all that was exposed about the toxic workplace culture that was there. Mm -hmm. Some of that criticism began, 
actually in 2020 when the Hearthstone player protested, you know, for on behalf of Hong Kong and Blizzard cracked down on behalf of China. <laughs> and there was some of that, that pushback towards like, wait a minute, I thought you were one of the good guys. Right. Kind of thing. And then that, I, again, I think that really unfolded completely this year, unfortunately. But as we highlighted in our episode, while all of that stuff came to a head this year, frankly, the quality of their games has been on the downward trend for several years now. Right. Um, I feel like Riot maybe is the next really big good guy developer. I mean, you you know, Clay is awesome. Butterscotch yeah. shenanigans are awesome, but they're little. I don't know. Riot is the I saw. I don't know. Is I can't even remember exactly the meme, but something along the lines that really resonated with me is it's like you don't play League of Legends like you don't have to play League of Legends. Just go enjoy all of the other content like the music videos, the the new animations that are coming out like yep. shows. There's a new the, tactical RPG they just released. Right, like, yeah, you don't need to play League of Legends to enjoy the League of Legends world. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see what they do with it, and I hope that they do slot into that. And, I mean, candidly, I hope that Blizzard finds a way to rebound. I, I don't know if it's possible as part of the amalgamation that is Activision. Right. Um, I don't know how much... Um, how much agency. of them is actually left, right? Yeah, and how much, like, how much they can really carve out their own identity again because they're mm -hmm. not their own company anymore. Um, but, yeah, either way, I think Riot is it seems like maybe they will be there um but anyway so in in line with mentioning blizzard though i was actually really surprised to find myself going back to burning crusade whenever burning mm -hmm. crusade classic came out now i didn't stay in it for the long haul because crowfall came out shortly thereafter um but there for the first like six weeks or so of burning crusade classic I was no life in it. Like you were hitting me up for rocket league and I'm like, sorry, I'm in this group right now yeah. or in a dungeon, like blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it was fun. Um, it was kind of weird. Cause I basically solo leveled as a healer. Now I did go heal dungeons and stuff, but I did a, I, like there were several zones where I did every single quest in the zone as a healer, which is slow going <laughs> now it's wow not eq1 so it's right not that level still. of slow going but yeah it was not not efficient uh listen to a lot of really long interesting podcasts during yeah. that time <laughs> yeah, i mean i mean speaking of it crowfall and the crowfall podcast both yeah big developments this year it's been a really interesting thing um I watched this documentary. I mean, it was probably over a decade ago now, and I don't remember the name of it, but it was basically talking about Clear Chan, which is now iHeartRadio, which the fact that Clear Chan changed the name <laughs> to iHeartRadio is like, ooh, like this is the epitome of corporate grossness. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. The fact that you would have the audacity to change your company name to I heart anything right is blasphemy. Like that's insane. And, and then it works. Yeah. And then it's fine. <laughs> they rebounded. Their image is not horrible now. Yeah. Whereas when they were clear chain, anyone that knew was like, wow, that's the death of music. Mm -hmm. And then I heart radio comes back and everyone's like, nah, that's, Oh yeah, no, it's fine. good. Yeah. <laughs> but so Spotify took a lot of the heat off of them too, though. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so for those that don't aren't familiar you know, radio in the United States used to be a completely local market everywhere. So there wasn't 
large corporations looking at data and choosing playlists for local markets. So like disc jockeys really mattered more uh, because if they had a taste that aligned with yours, you might find interesting music that you otherwise wouldn't get and that no one else outside of that local market might get if unless their disc jockey happens to choose it. Right. Um, Clear Chan comes along, I think, starting in the 90s. I think it's Clear Channel. I think you're right. I yeah. think you're right. I was starting to get confused with like 4chan and I'm okay. like, wait, I'm missing something here. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you might, you, you're probably correct. Clear Channel Communications. So they start buying up radio stations and start turning it into a corporation. And so what that means is that they do away with the disc jockeys having independent capacity to listen to music or choose their own music. And it's all playlist stuff. Anyway, all of this is to explain that they, they were talking about back in the day before the corporatization of radio. If you heard something from an artist now, obviously it can't just be like a, a terrible cacophony or something, but let's say you had an artist that you liked and they come out with a new thing and maybe you don't like the new song, but it's not actually an indicator that the song is bad. It's that it's different enough that you're uncomfortable with it. And so your first reaction is like, I don't think I like this, but you just need to spend more time with it. And then it turns out like some of the greatest hits of all time started out unpopular. Right. And now that doesn't get to really happen anymore because the, the demographics, you know, <laughs> the metrics don't say to play it. So it doesn't get played. All of that is to say, that's kind of what my experience of Crowfall has been. Um, okay. Crowfall is a fantasy MMO on paper and it is in many ways but it is so different in almost every way from all other fantasy mmos that i've i've liked it the whole time but it's something the more time i've spent with it like last couple of weeks i think i truly fell in love with it finally um but it just took that long to finally grasp like all of these differences now there's some parts of it that are just <laughs> poorly designed and need to be redone <laughs> but those things are like the ui right, right like right but as far as the actual like game design and like the decisions that they made around how the game works it's it's pretty impressive man like it's it, it it's really cool um it's it's the most innovative fantasy mmo that i've seen in maybe ever uh wow. probably just ever that's super high praise. It is. I've played MMOs for 20 years. Now I haven't played all of them for a thousand hours, but I've played a lot of MMOs and I've tried a lot of MMOs and yeah, Crowfall just, it, it does a lot of things right, but it's so different that I feel like when, when new players join, like it's easy to be turned off because, and, and I think part of it was because I was playing burning crusade mm -hmm. for a full nonstop, like six weeks right before crowfall came out right you have so when i jump bias. into crowfall yeah it's like i have an unconscious set of expectations of how it will work and how it would flow and and it doesn't work in those ways um and yeah it's great though and yeah the crowfall podcast has been super fun it's been a a, a way for me to collaborate with another friend of mine and and it's been interesting to um to talk about one very narrowly defined topic right right because i've no, you know this show is clearly not that the walk show 
is even more not that. Um, it's also been interesting, though, to talk about the Crowfall podcast, to do the Crowfall podcast, not as an authority, because I'm not one of, I, I'm terrible at Crowfall. You're not right? the top, like, top ranks. No, or and, I, and not only am I not that personally, I don't even understand a lot of that. Like I get in right. guild chat and it, like in discord with the guild and like the understanding that these people have about the way it all works is just like, oh, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Like I'm so bad at this game. <laughs> um, it, but so it's been it's been interesting because I think a lot of times if you had a podcast that's about one topic like that, you would expect that the hosts are kind of um, experts. Right. And we very much are presenting it from like a we're just kind of like your average player. You know, I mean, we're not entirely casual. The co-host of mine runs the guild. Right. Um, so it's not like we're complete casuals, but in many ways we are. So, it, yeah, it's also been interesting to talk about a game week over week and not have expert level information on it. Yeah, but you have the capability to do it. And that's something that the, the experts may not have. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's It's been a lot of fun, though. Um, and, yeah, the game continually impresses me which has been surprising because that has built slowly versus me out of the gate being like, Oh, this is all perfect. And then discovering things that I right. don't like and tearing it down over time. It's actually been the opposite where at first I was like, okay, I like this, but a lot of this is dumb. And then over time, I've <laughs> the Stockholm like syndrome takes hold. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually absolutely. do love being beaten every day. No. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, and I think though that like, uh, I, I do think, though, that the fact that my other buddy plays it and that we do the show together has kept me tethered to it. Well, yeah, for sure. And if we didn't have the show, I don't know that I would have stuck around long enough to have the last couple of weeks that I've had with it that were awesome. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah. MMOs, they're still, still a big part of 2021 for me. <laughs> so uh, I have a couple of one one big thing for sure that I want to make sure that we hit on, mm -hmm. uh, which is that we did 100 episodes. Our 100th episode yep. was this year. And we had on superfan Chris Johnson. Yeah. Which was awesome in it so was. many ways. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, he's actually local here in this area. So we mm -hmm. before we did that episode, we all went out to lunch together and we got some cool pick up your sticks. Uh, mouse pads printed and gave him one of those yeah. yeah um yeah super fun and chris is super generous he tweets all of our tweets and likes all of our posts and um and just goes out of his way to be supportive and and yeah really really cool guy he actually just recently started a facebook page that i think right now is still pretty private but i'm interested to see where he goes with that because he's a passionate mm -hmm. gamer just like us uh, uh, uh plays different games than we do yeah for sure um but not only, but he plays he plays a lot more single player stuff than we do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm really excited to see where he goes with that because he's a, a really cool guy. And yeah, it was super neat to hit that milestone and to, to be able to celebrate it with someone who actually had paid attention to the show for most of right. its existence, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, that's definitely worth worth a shout out. Um, I also, uh, you know, kind of a callback, but still still interesting to check in on is that uh, actually just this last, was it this last weekend? Sometime within the last week or so, uh, I got in and, and tooled around some more. We had a Beat Saber night at the house. Oh, nice. So VR, still a, still a thing. Yeah. Um, I've introduced several more people to VR. I've introduced people that couldn't get, like, did not even want to get into a game because 
they got gripped by vertigo or claustrophobia mm-hmm. or any any other number of you know things to people that like I'm like, all right, I'm going to start them out. And they're like, oh, no, I've got this. And they're like doing like full motion walking and stuff that I can't do just like right out the gate. Like, like, oh, OK, well, you could you could teleport too. that's and they're like, no, I got this. They're just walking around. You know? Oh, like, my God. Oh, okay. Really? Without vomiting and falling yeah, over? Right. Who within are these minutes, robot people? Within minutes. Yeah. They're robots. They're that's why. Reptiles. Yeah. Yep. Some. some... Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, VR has still been a trip. Uh, my parents actually got like an Oculus. Nice. Uh, some of our nieces and nephews, I think, are going to be getting them for Christmas this year and whatnot. So like, yeah, still super cool. I, I still hope that VR gets to go some places like it doesn't have to be the end all be all of new gaming, but I hope that it gets to stick around this time. for sure. Oh, I think it absolutely could and should be really. Um, I think that the primary issue it has to solve still is the moving around issue or finding a way for you to play while seated that doesn't like half-life alex i would be fine playing that seated Mm -hmm. but the game is not designed for that like it's designed for me to be moving everything which is is cool but if they can find a way to kind of blend the 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 traditional way of gaming and the new vr uh and then it's just a killer app i mean as cool as half-life alex is it's still just not the killer app that VR needs. Right. That makes people say, I, I can't have not have. Yeah. They need a Zelda or, right. You know, something along those lines that, yeah. I mean, that's but, what, yeah, that's what motivates me. I mean, the reason I bought a PlayStation four was when monster hunter world came out and I was like, I've wanted to play a monster hunter game on a console for so long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm getting it. And then for the Switch, it was, I was like, I've heard about Breath of the Wild, to your point, Zelda, mm-hmm. for so long that I feel like I'm like missing out on like a important part of gaming culture by not playing <laughs> My first it. child's birth. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll name him Link. Just let me play it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So uh, the killer, the, the software is always what drives the hardware. And that's true throughout the history of, of gaming. I mean, oh, yeah you can point to a lot of things for why the Sega Saturn or the Sega Dreamcast didn't completely succeed. But I would argue that it's also because there wasn't, there wasn't a single title that everyone could get behind. Like with the Xbox, it's Halo, right? Like whether or not you're a huge Halo fan that, and it's time, that's what drove sales of the Xbox period. (laughs) It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what else they have. Um, So if VR can come up with that, which I think is in tandem with solving the motion problem to some extent. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be awesome. I just saw a post of someone putting an Oculus quest on their like 87 year old grandmother to show her so she could go into some famous cathedral in Europe. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that kind of stuff, but like, so even outside of gaming, I think that VR has some really cool applications Mm -hmm. that can unlock the world for people that, otherwise wouldn't have access to i'm i've never been to europe you know what i right. mean so yeah. and i don't know that i necessarily will but if i could go there in vr i will for sure yeah right like we used to work with a dude this was years and years and years ago now but we worked with a guy and anytime you would go to his desk you're like what are you doing there and he was he would be like i'm just touring the world and he would just be on google maps on his pc with a mm-hmm. terrible monitor <laughs> by today's standards but just touring cities around the world via Google Maps because it was when Street View is relatively new, right? Um, but 
I mean, VR is just that same idea, except. Well, I mean, I I had my Google Earth Godzilla moment in VR. That was yeah. amazing. So right, like, there's no, I, I don't know. There's a lot of fun to be had there, and I, I just I think it is going to stick around. I hope that it continues to get better, and and yeah. Right. I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. The future of VR. I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on. I still need to complete half a dozen of the games. I still haven't completed Alex, mostly because that game is so much more of a horror game than I can I can take. <laughs> um, and uh, and I want to complete Moss. It that game ended up being a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. Mm. And when it got to the point where it opened up, I was like, oh, this isn't a casual. This is like a tw- <laughs> at least a twenty hour thing <laughs> right. this is not like a five hour thing because i did complete a few of the others that were like five hour things and fun but i'll tell you what i need to see i need to see Tyrion 3000 that is Tyrion, except it plays like that shmup in the steam yes app. yes dude give me that being able to make your hand the ship and now the ship moves wherever you move your hand which is mm-hmm. completely breaks all laws of physics with <laughs> Which is fine because I don't care. I'm playing a right. Space Invaders game or whatever. But yeah, dude, the reason I say Tyrion is because Tyrion is an example of like a really fleshed out version of a game in that genre. Like it, it's not yeah. just you know without just n- being a bullet hell. Yeah, exactly. Like there's actually levels and equipment progression and all that kind of stuff. Um, it'd be so cool to see something like that in the VR space. Oh yeah, I would be a hundred percent on it. Oh man, bring back. Yeah. P- pygnosis <laughs> <laughs> oh man while now we're I... at it can we get sierra back like <laughs> bullfrog sierra. you out there bullfrog sierra. <laughs> i need a good i need a proper good lemmings game all right wow like... <laughs> lemmings <laughs> Fair. Uh... um yeah, so the last couple of things I had, I'm not going to talk about very long because I we just did episodes about them. So uh, I certainly invite yeah, go back the audience to, to like listen. just the next episode behind this one kind of thing. <laughs> right. Um, but this fall, I, I did end up getting a Nintendo Switch and then also a, a new PC. Um, getting which all the been, gear. I know, I know, I know. I, I I held off for so long. It's basically basically what I did was binge. I starved myself of buying <laughs> new hardware for a couple of years and was like, no, I have to be disciplined. And then all of that went out the window and I was like, give it all to me now. I'm Kirby sucking <laughs> all of this into me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Suck up and absorb computer power. Um, there's been a lot of cool things with the new PC, of course, uh, just because it can do anything now. But I w- again, I won't belabor it, but I was really excited to go back to Ark again. And, and even though it wasn't like a six month thing or something, it was cool to go back to see Ark again. It'd been a long time since I had really dug into that. And uh, the new PC allowed me to see it in a way that I never had before. So really, really loved that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's obviously we've not covered everything in the last year. I guess the other thing that I did want to actually quickly just mention is, you know, we obviously changed our schedule in the middle of the year uh, and started going to a biweekly release schedule. And that's been interesting as well in, in its own unique way. But it's, I, I love that we, you know, cause both of us just had a lot going on in our lives mm-hmm. and didn't have as much time as, as we had previously. Well, both of us juggling multiple podcasts now. Right. So we were, we were just talking and we decided that we thought it would be best for the health of the show and just our own personal mental health to change the schedule to be, to be biweekly. 
And for me personally, and I mean, in all our conversations, I think you as well, it's been a really positive change for us mm -hmm. where it has lifted some of the feeling of, of stress from a, a lot of it. Cause this is supposed to be fun. Uh, it turns out not enough of you donate for us to quit our day <laughs> I was going to, I was going to make a comment, you know, if you want us to go back to weekly, <laughs> then support right. us on our Ko-Fi page. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Ko-Fi.com slash B-Y-S pod. <laughs> <laughs> True story. we'll do anything for your like if you want us to read your comments <laughs> right. you want to you want to give a bad review to one of our episodes yeah. or a game that we love like we will support you in that right you just have to give us your money just pay um we've no. made swag we can do it we just can't <laughs> do it for you until enough of you pay to for us to be able to afford that first run right um but all kidding aside um yeah, it's been super fun. We've been at this for over two years now, which mm -hmm. I I didn't have an end date in mind. So it's not like, oh, it's not like when we started, I thought, well, this will last eight months right. or something that <laughs> fatalistic either. But I don't know. I, I think it's awesome. That we've been doing it for more than two years, over 100 episodes. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'm excited to see what the next year will bring. Um, anything else that we didn't cover today that you wanted to touch on? I don't think so. I think that like... I would like to just kind of reflect like why, why did this year matter? Sure. I guess kind of like uh, just kind of thinking about it, like as a whole, I feel like I definitely had some of my more intense gaming binges, but also I think they've been mirrored by longer spans of not gaming. Mm. Um, I've had full weeks of not like playing a game and I don't know that I've got a month yet, but certainly like that's not something that, you know, in my past, especially with games like Terraria and Minecraft and lots of these long you know, Kerbal Space Program playing long games. Uh, I, I generally didn't have that as much. And so I've, I've kind of taken a little bit more of your, you know, bounce around game to game. Enjoy the Xbox Game Pass, uh, yeah. you know, helped that a huge amount. And but also, like, you've been completing more games. Like, I've seen you complete far more games than, mm. than usual. So, like, I don't know. Maybe we're rubbing off on each other. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be a better way to say that. Um, yeah. <laughs> Trade and paint. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, I know that, you know, in my in my personal life, I have a lot more self elected so to be clear i don't mean like woe is me or things are going bad like i chose new hobbies and i chose new things mm -hmm. to get involved with um so so it's all positive but yeah i actually have a lot less time to game than i did and and like crowfall has really illustrated how different it is for me now because you know when i used to play dark age of camelot now that was in 2004 and 5 so it's a very long time ago i'm very old um <laughs> I, I played constantly like if i wasn't at work i'm on the game and like i wake up in the morning before work and play the game and i come home and you know what i mean and that was probably unhealthy um but now like i i just don't have the it's not that i literally don't have the time because it's it's just about what do you prioritize yeah. I could just prioritize gaming. Um, but similar to yourself, I found myself not having not having just five, six nights a week where all I did was just play games. Right. Uh, it's a lot more. The weekends are still 
closer. Well, and we've had stints. There's still been two yeah. to three days in a row where we're playing Rocket League every day. There's been right. Valheim weeks. There's right. been Loop Hero. I actually went pretty hard on for a while there. Um, the amount but, of time yeah. I've lost to Hexel's Infinite is disappointing for me as a because <laughs> I'm still not done. I still it's not like I've completed. I haven't 100%. gone back. I haven't got. I got to a level that I legit like spent probably a good 30, 45 minutes unable to start. And I generally refuse to look at the YouTube tutorial until I can break in. Right. And like, so I was just like, oh, so I just, I'm just done. I just can't get, this is where it ends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, but all in all, I think, you know, despite any of the other craziness in the world, as insofar as gaming is concerned, I think 2021 was a was a pretty solid year. I'm looking forward to 2022. Uh, I'm trying not to spoil myself too much with what could come out, but there's still plenty of stuff that I haven't played uh, that I want to. Yeah, you know, I, I know we're we're wrapping up, so I don't mean to just jump into a totally new line of thought here, but it is interesting how much of my gaming media consumption used to be about anticipating upcoming releases oh yeah and it's not that at all now like i have no idea what's coming out yeah neither do i like i know every every like november we get new call of duty new battlefield like the new round of shooters or whatever the the kind of standard massively popular shooters but outside of that like mm, like last year or maybe it was two years ago i don't know i remember being really excited about doom eternal coming out. i think that was two years ago um but i i don't know when i don't know when i like i don't know when elder elder scroll 6 is supposed to come out i'll probably be very excited to see it when it does right i have no idea what its development timeline is none i gta 6 i would love it i don't look for rumors on that or something yeah i have no, no idea when no. it's coming out i don't I'm know i'm not yeah i think i think subnautica is the one that really actually finally like uh, like below zero is what broke me of that because i didn't i purposefully avoided right any news articles that were coming up about things that had changed or this that or the other i i avoided looking for rumors and stuff and it's like yeah i'm crazy excited i think the only one that i have even cursory knowledge of being excited about or that like like feeling would be like kerbal too yeah but that's that's a such an unknown Right. You know, so much has already happened with the dev cycle that I was like, no, I'm not going to obsess over this for two years. Right. And then have it turn into vaporware. Like, I'm just not. Um, Yeah. Honestly, you know, I'm really glad that I didn't do it with Crowfall because Crowfall actually was in was a Kickstarter in 2015 and was in beta, I think, as early as like 2016 or 17. Right. (laughs) There are. So we're the only Crowfall podcast that I know of now. There are other Crowfall podcasts that started when the game was in beta and died before it <laughs> before released. it launched. Right. <laughs> like, but if I but so much of that game has changed over time that if I had played mm. it the whole time, I think my perspective on it would be totally different and not not in a positive way. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I don't know if I answered the why did the year matter very clearly. I would say what you said that you know spending less time with games, but I would also say it did reaffirm how much. Um, gaming is valuable to me as a social vehicle because Mm -hmm. assuming everyone has the hardware already the only expense is the game and especially if it's a game like valheim or rocket league which is now free but even when it wasn't it's 15 bucks it's not a huge financial commitment to get into it and you and your friends might have an awesome adventure and it's a really low cost to entry it's for the the cost of like a a 
mediocre Applebee's dinner, mm-hmm. you can have hundreds and hundreds of hours yep. dragging your friends in to smash a ball with rocket cars. <laughs> <laughs> and again, like you said, anymore, that's just free now. So right. As long as... <laughs> right. As long as you're willing to just try. So that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash P-O-Y-S-Pod. Or just tell a friend about us because word of mouth really does make a difference. All of the links and our social accounts are available down in the show notes. And if you want to hear more content from either of us, Walker hosts The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life while interviewing various guests, as well as the Crowfall podcast, sharing stories and perspectives about the MMO of the same name. My personal podcast, Dungeons and Dinners, is where the love of fantasy is food for thought. Oh.